Hi, welcome to Soulnet Radio, where we make fools of ourselves for your amusement. Tonight is Dungeons & Dragons 5th edition. We start off with some feedback, but we're going to go into character creation for three of the six characters that are going to appear in the Homebrew D&D campaign. There are a lot of guides out there to tell you how to create a character. The Player's Handbook is a great resource. There are numerous YouTube videos, so we're not going to go into the mechanics of how you build a character. What we're focusing on more is how you can make a character creatively and collectively so you don't just get told go away and make a character and come back and tell me what it is it's how can you collectively as a group create characters that have meaningful ties to the story you're about to tell and to each other hopefully this will be of some help uh, you'll see our ideas being battered around so hopefully it shouldn't be too boring but there will be spoilers for the main campaign because I have to tell the players what's happening in the world they're in so if you want everything to be a surprise you don't need to listen to this for those of you, you brave few who make it all the way through there is some general discussion at the end and some pretty funny bloopers and I'll try and make it interesting all the way through I've got a ton of weird sound effects I never get to use so I'm going to use those as transitions because why not so tonight we're doing character creation so on my left Tom <laughs> and he's a human with no class. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm Adam A. I previously played a dwarf. Um, can't remember my dwarf's name. It was Orathroxy. Orathroxy. You made me put a goddamn apostrophe in it. Hi, I'm Adam B. Otherwise known as Biddy, and I previously played uh, Lord Robert. Dusford, and I've also played a human that's famous for sucking cock. But hey. cool. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm Paul. I'm the DM. And I'm going to kill you all tonight. You're not going to make it out of character creation. <laughs> <laughs> if people are writing in feedback and stuff, because I, I want to know that real people are listening, um, and it's not all robots things like that. I mean, um, the the listening figures give me an idea that of the fifteen thousand listens we've had so far, and that's what it's at now. It is that three percent of them are bots, mm. okay. which is nuts. America has just overtaken the UK, like as proportion of our listens. So I want people to write in and just say, just say hello. Mm. I, don't, I don't, I don't need them to have like great feedback. And just you know, just have a little bit of contact and you know, yeah. say, I'm a real person. Just comment something they like, whatever. Yeah, hi, I'm Dave. I'm from Idaho. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. Love yeah. what you did in the last episode. Yeah. yeah. Or, or not even that. So you take away the requirement to say something. You know, to just take away that requirement. Say, um, so all they need to do is say who they are, um, and if and if they, they if they want a, a nickname, so they're not mentioned by actual name, and you know the, the bosses find out they're listening at work and get fired. <laughs> um, then that, that's that's that, that's okay. Um, I'll I'll I think I'll 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 do the first name and then like the first initial of the, the last name just in case. Yeah. And an interesting fact. Or even not even interesting, just obscure or something. Something about them, something about the world, something just anything. They can get it off a off a internet page for all I care, or it could be from the depths of their own personal knowledge, you know. But as long as there's there's something, um, and if they don't do one, I'll make one up for them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but no one will ever know. Yeah, don't don't let him make one up for you. It never goes well. That's how people get to be blowjob specialists. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so um, there's, a, there's like two half bits of feedback. Um, I, I talked to um, a, 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 the chap who does the editing for Knights of the Night podcast, 
chap called Tom. He's a lovely, lovely chap. Uh, yeah, he, he he just said that you know he was he was enjoying all of our episodes so far, and he's he's continuing to listen, which is a good thing. Um, and they might give us a plug, you never know. And there was a chap called uh, Ken who said that um, he just wanted to sort of touch base and say, hey, I'm you know. Uh, I haven't listened for a little while, but I'm going back and listening to everything you've put up since, and then I'll give you some feedback after that. So that'd be cool. nice of him. Cool. Oh, and um, one of the things is if we get reviewed, we don't get a notice. We don't get a notification of a review going up. And if someone has reviewed us in iTunes in America, let's say, I can't see it because I can only see the reviews as someone in England. You, you have, literally, I have to go onto iTunes and look up Swordnet Radio and look at the reviews and go, oh, right, and like anyone else would be able to so uh, there's there's no like access to it because it's just it's just taking our feed from podbean and, and spitting it back out if, if someone reviews us in america i can't see it so if people review us in america please um send uh, an email radio at gmail.com um and i'll read it out unless you don't want me to read it out in which case tell me but i still like to read it because it'd be nice that's what we should do stretch goals <laughs> You know, for our non-funding. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Ten, ten, ten reviews and we'll, you know, do something. Or... The cut limits on that, please. Yeah. Well, okay. <laughs> not quite sure. Ten limits and Biddy will do something. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Chap called Todd R. wrote in and said, good stuff, you have at least one human listener in the middle of the USA. <laughs> Excellent. Um, and so we had a, a bit of a chat about um, about systems. He was, he was saying that he's, uh, he's wanting to be a, a GM. But he doesn't quite know to run. He's looking more towards fate than D and D because he doesn't like the power gaming thing. So what I've put him onto is if if you like the granularity of D and D and the number of skills you can have and all that sort of stuff, then um, might want to look at Burning Wheel. Sorry, uh, Burning Wheel, which is a game where, like in Fate, you have aspects. In Burning Wheel, you have beliefs, you have instincts, you have um, traits. And then you have some individual skills and stuff, but you you literally build a character up in terms of the character parts, you know, things that make a human being, you know, that thing. And it's much more about social gaming, social interaction, where battle, you know, in terms of a knife fight or whatever, is incredibly deadly, and you do not want to do it, just like real life. But they break that down really granularly. But you can do exactly the same with a duel of wits. So you can have um, a situation where you do all the normal stuff, whatever, but once in a while you will build up to a full duel of wits where everyone agrees, you know, this, no, this has to be like, if, if, if I have, want to change, say, Adam's belief about, you know, or his character's belief about what you want to do in the world uh, and do this other thing, you know, convince you to go my way, then we would have a, a duel of wits and other characters can come in on it and we would literally script out our arguments. And it would be a full exchange. So it would be like, hey, this is my first argument. There's this. Okay, right, we'll, we'll, we'll roll the dice to see how convincing you are. You roll against me. But those arguments have to coincide. And if they don't coincide, the GM just goes, no, you lose, sorry. So you can't just, you can't really repeat yourself. Mm. Um, there, there are rules to say what you can and can't do. So, you know, to, to, you know, so that it, it flows like an actual argument, an actual mm. debate. Sounds quite involved. Yeah. It is, yeah. But when you're talking about, um, something like that. You don't want to just go. Okay, I want to convince this person to leave his mm-hmm. you know, to, to leave his family behind and come with me on this crusade. That's going to take a lot of doing. That's not one dice roll. Do you know what I mean? That's mm-hmm. um, yeah, okay. And and so it's very hard to power game that because everyone is set at a level. 
but the way you earn experience is to um, is against all of those traits. So uh, if you have acted according to your beliefs or your character beliefs, then you get a point. If you have done something in character which was funny or which had conflict, then you get points for that. And there, there, there's this is definite list of what you get rewarded for. Mm. Um, you know, if you're the was it the session workhorse where you're the person making the roles all the time, you know, you get a point for that. Um, so it's not necessarily set into you know who can talk the most. It's it's everything kind of gets rewarded a bit. Um, and you have to decide as a round robin as well. The GM doesn't just dole this stuff out. You have to decide for each other. Um, uh, his fact is Montpellier, Vermont. I'm, I'm probably pronouncing that wrong. I'm pronouncing the French way. They probably don't pronounce the French way. So Montpellier, Vermont is the only state capital without a McDonald's. Hmm. McDonald's have heard that and have since opened the store. Guarantee. So moving on. On the actual Podbean website itself, there's a little comment section and it's sort of Seems like it's on Facebook, but it's not. But anyway, um, so given the statement that, that on on the Are You Real podcast, my thing was we had one hit from the Ukraine and one hit from Russia. So I think all of these things are just KGB robots, yeah. And spies. Yeah. Um, so yes, because we we really pose a threat. <laughs> yeah, so I want to say yeah, we all think do. Putin is lovely. Yeah. <laughs> so on the, the on the comment section for episode ten, Are You Real? Uh, <laughs> yeah. That's what it's called. Alexi G from the south of England says, the red fox flies at midnight. <laughs> to which I responded, and the mongoose will watch the bike sheds. Um, <laughs> just make that, see, all this kind of thing just always makes me think of uh, Jack, Jumpy Jack Frost with Whoopi Goldberg. Mm. It's like, you know, dogs barking can't fly without umbrella. Just <laughs> shit like that. Just nonsense <laughs> spiel. I love it. And his fact... The 19th Viscount of Shavington, which is a real place, Shavington come Gresty. Um, I did check that, but I couldn't find anything about a Viscount. But yeah, the 19th Viscount of Shavington had a tattoo of his mother on his extraordinarily long penis. I'm paraphrasing. Uh, and he often claimed that no man could measure up to his mother. <laughs> uh, wow. A little bit worrying. Oh, for a world-class psychiatrist. <laughs> uh. But you think, you know, it's like all of that says like, no, 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 absolutely not. Apart from the Viscount thing. Because a noble, mm. yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, they were all massively inbred, weren't they, technically? Yeah. Inbred bastards who might have had any number of malfunctions. Um... So that's our feedback. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, guys. <laughs> happy with that. But yeah, if you've got any other comments and facts that we might find interesting, they could be made up entirely um, or, or absolutely true. So um, yeah, it's swordnutradio at gmail.com. Swordnutradio at gmail.com. And I'm happy to talk to people. So, so we tonight are going to be doing um, character creation and a bit of background into the world that we're going into. Um, so we're missing Mike, Jen, and Alex tonight. So I will catch up to them on Skype. And I might just sort of edit all these things in. But the reason that I'm, I'm recording it tonight is that you, you listen to, to podcasts and things and um, you hear the characters go and you hear the story and you hear it from the first episode. But they always end up talking about how, you know, when we were making the characters this happened, when we were making the characters and when we were making the characters this. And I, I think that's an, it's an important aspect of the system, especially as this is a new system and character creation is something that um, people will need help in. 
you know, it might be a little bit dry, but if it is, I'll cut out all the, the pauses and the, the flipping through books and mm-hmm. that sort of stuff. Um, but there will be, for people who want to tough it out uh, and listen <laughs> to us do this boring shit, um, there will be some stuff about the world and the background in the world that might not come out in the actual play sessions. So, The first thing is you are all going to be playing sort of um, races from the Fellowship, as it were. So elves, dwarves, halflings, humans. humans. Now, if you want to play a race that is not that, all right, you can. Um, if you really want to, to explore something else, if you want to explore the tiefling thing, if you want to be a genasi, for example, um, then let me know. That is entirely possible. However, there will be a, they'll have to account for it mechanically. All right. So um, it might be that you just start off as one thing and become another, um, but that will be done through story. Then that would work brilliantly in the story, and there is space for, space for it. But when you're rolling up a character right now, it will be one of those vanilla species. Okay. All right. The second thing is that while the stats from the books and things aren't going to change, a lot of the flavor will, certainly for the starting moment. We are not starting in the the vanilla D&D ecology. We'll get there, but that's not where we're starting. Imagine um, that this is a fairly normal world. The, 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 the starting aspect of, of this game is going to be a pretty low magic... Yeah, pretty low fantasy sort of stuff. There are elves, dwarves, men. Halflings are fairly new. Okay, Essentially, there are things in this world that happened thousands and thousands of years ago. And in standard fantasy stuff, you know, you have a story that spans hundreds of years. The technology never moves on. The culture never moves on. It's always crystallized. You know what I mean? It's like a cartoon. It never changes. But, you know, you look at Tolkien and he describes periods of thousands of years. And nothing changes. Mm even down to the material culture that's going on. For example, you know, look at Lord of the Rings and it describes someone using a sword. Um, that's like Anduril. Um, was it Anduril that started? No, Narsil and Anduril, the, the, the reforged sword. The, the Aragorn was already using a sword that was the same sort of construction 3,000 years ago. 3,000 years ago for us, mm. certainly in the UK, we were still looking at, at bronze being the pinnacle of, of technology. You know, We hadn't quite hit the Iron Age yet. Yeah, and I realise that they've got that paradigm of elves being very long-lived and they, they carry on the tradition and don't change and that's what they do and whatever. But there's all these other short-lived species who are, in the meantime, just twiddling their fucking thumbs. So this world isn't like that. Um, if something moves on 100 years, expect things to be bloody different. Okay? Um, or, you know, they're, 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 or there will be a, a cultural reason for it not to be. You know, you don't have to worry too much about paradigm shift because that is a normal enough thing. Okay? Uh, let's start with the general history of the world that you would be aware of, okay? Um, and the general ecology of the world. So elves, dwarves, and humans are the three principal races. They have um, interbred for about ten thousand years. You know, more. You know, with with more or less success. Elves and dwarves can't really interbreed successfully. It can happen, but generally doesn't. <coughs> you know, uh, the, so uh, humans kind of like will interbreed with both that sort of stuff. So it's not unusual to find a fairly dwarfish human. Um, but over the last couple of hundred years, the populations of those species have been coming, it's been becoming more of an issue. Whereas it may have been basically unheard of 
for a dwarf to hate a human because he's a human. You know, be very little reason for that. Or you know, some places, some places are still like that. You know that. You know, that, you know but it's it's often more for a cultural reason than for a, a species reason, for a racist reason. Um, so. You know, it's more more about you know um, we're from this village and we're all dwarves. That's just how it's fell out, and so we'll hate those people over there because they're from that village and they're all humans. So I hate humans. There's more from that, but now it's getting the case that people will see the race that they're talking to, rather than that simply not being a thing they talk about. It seems like the species themselves have been kind of drifting apart and drifting more towards stereotypes. So dwarves have been drifting towards uh, places that are mountainous. Um, elves have been drifting more towards places you know that are arboreal. Uh, the, the halfling race has come about. As far as anyone in the world is concerned, they're not a species. They're just short people, for some reason. Like maybe you know, sort of dwarf and human population got race. together. Not necessarily, but like. Um, for whatever reason, they just, you know, that's a short lot of people. Like, mm. you wouldn't call pygmies necessarily halflings. You know, I'd say pygmies, I don't know the name of the, the right name of the tribe. But, you know, um, you wouldn't assume that they were separate species. They're just like, they're just like short humans mm. or whatever. And they've been turning up out of sort of, you know, foothill regions um, around the world. Um, and we'll go into geography in a bit. So they're around. But in terms of their interaction with uh, all the other races, it's pretty recent. I mean, it's sort of in the order of you know a couple of hundred years. One of the things that really kicked off was about 250 years ago. There was a big war, huge, huge, huge war. The the lands that it's technically a civil war. The kingdoms sort of that you will be from, that most of you will be from. Uh, are technically confederated and are ruled over by a high king, and that's supposed to keep people from going to war. There are there are very set reasons why people can go to war. They have to have a just cause, um, very set legal terms. Otherwise, the world and his mum comes down on them um, and shuts it down. About yeah, about two hundred fifty years ago ish, beyond most people's lifespans, um, you might have an elf in the world who has lived longer than that, um, but they're not generally going to see three hundred years. So, what, well, about 300 years is about the life expectancy for an elf? Absolute max. Like, a, a venerable elf. They have been getting longer-lived, though, as of dwarves. Humans have been getting shorter-lived, and that has been noticeable. Go on, what are, they, what are the, the ages for those? Human, a human could once have expected to see 100, mm -hmm. probably won't now, probably 80 would be a good, a good uh, span of years for a human. A dwarf... Um, once upon a time, we'd probably expect to see about 120 now, 150, maybe 160. And the lifespan of elves have just been going on and on and on. Halflings, do we know about that? They're not common knowledge, but in the areas where they interact with people, it is common knowledge, because they're not shy necessarily. Mm. Um, they're just not widely distributed. So a halfling, um, about the same as a human. Okay. And getting longer. But the noticeable thing has been elves, and that has created, that is, has been the chief source of racial tension um, where it has occurred um, the elves being sort of just going on living forever is kind of like oh right okay and whereas an elf probably wouldn't have seen 200 absolute tops 200 forever mm. um, you know elves are looking out and goes like, well next generation might see 300 next generation on might see four next generation on might see eight that's that's where the ecology kind of lies in terms of the, the sort of wild beasties of the world 
Imagine this as being kind of the Anglo-Saxon period, um, where you can travel pretty well and pretty easily and whatever, but you know, if you're marching around, you might find a wolf. You know, it's it's best to know how to handle yourself, or at least to be armed when you're out and about. So seeing people wander around with weapons is not unusual. There are, however, in various places, various laws saying what weapons you can and can't carry in a town and what weapons you can and can't carry depending on your status. All right. The place where you're going to start um, has very few limitations. So do you want to know, know anything more about the, the history before I go on? Is there any reason for the age thing on humans? Yes. There is. No, <laughs> no part of the story. <laughs> uh, so, even too much meat. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's it's become a thing where um, almost like within a generation, it's not it's not down to um, well, this generation is just a bit short, a bit more short lived than the last one. It's it's like that guy who was you know doing all right suddenly started aging hard. You know, um, you know people who were, who were healthy and expecting to live another few another couple of decades suddenly found that they are in their dotage now unexpectedly. So someone in his 50s who's a farmer who'd expect to have another at least 10 years of you know, um, useful working life in fit and healthy condition has suddenly found no, I ain't doing that anymore. So um, it's it's kind of bit in a bit. There's not been any kind of like agricultural revolution or anything like that recently? Or... There has not, no. Okay. So it's well, all... there has been as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll, we'll call this ecology in history, uh, is magic. Religion and, and magic and the supernatural have always been a thing in legend. It's, there's always been things that have been, been told about that people could do various things. There are uh, specific legends about um, a, a group of knights, for example. Um, and every time you hear another story, it's another knight from that group and it's someone you've never heard of. So there's probably thousands of these fucking things, you know, that like everyone adds an, another knight to the stories. And they always had weird powers and weird things to do. And it's, it's all sort of kind of allegorical, you know, like like if we were telling a story in the real world about someone with magical power who lived thousands of years ago, it would be allegorical. You wouldn't sort of necessarily believe that. Um, people are religious as well. Sometimes it's considered a thing that you should do at home. Um, it's never municipal. It's it's never a way of controlling populations, simply because the well prove it, and it becomes that thing of you know one person tries to control people's beliefs, and because it's not a municipal thing, no one ever really gets traction, but um, uh, no one would ever really perform miracles. There were actual magicians out there. There were people who did have access to some magic out there. And most people would call them druids because they would be out amongst nature, doing their thing, living very, very close to nature and pulling off minor magical effects, maybe some major magical effects, but nothing like battle magic or anything like that, nothing earth shaking, literally earth shaking. Very slow burn stuff and generally antisocial because you've got to be out in nature or that sort of stuff. It was very intrinsic to, to what they were doing, this being with nature. A couple hundred years ago, though, things started changing. Cults started becoming more popular. Um, every once in a while something would happen and there'd be an explosion or there would be something weird happen. Uh, someone walking along the street in a town might suddenly start finding that their feet aren't contacting the floor anymore and end up in a panic on a roof somewhere. <laughs> um, there would be someone who uh, would burn his house down having ignited it with his mind. Um, 
there would be uh, someone who spontaneously simply changed colour and started glowing for six weeks and no one knew why until it faded away and then nothing ever happened again. Lots of little random uh, magical things going on. And in the early days, that would be quite tied to misfortune. You know, that, you know the, the, that person who ended up um, on a roof somewhere ended up dying you know, fairly soon after that of just, of just death. They just died. And it kind of stopped being the case for after a while. So the, the association of magic with misfortune kind of got set in, those, in, that, in that period. And since then, it happened more and more often. People got interested in it. Uh, people started trying to codify it. And so over the last few hundred years, there's been, a, a, I would hesitate to say a hobby of, of people looking at this, but certainly, certainly nothing like a college. So this aspect of, of magic coming about and cults and things like that. Now, these cults were not necessarily to do with the traditional gods, um, of which there are five. Three popular ones and, and sort of two unpopular ones. But the, I say unpopular, just you know, not, not widely worshipped. When you say five and three popular, two not, is that kind of like one of these like interconnected like Norse mythology or are they completely separate religi- religions? Um, both. Because it's not a public thing. People have just sort of done their own thing. They, people are just free to believe how they want to believe. And there are folk traditions all over the place. So altars... Um, you might find the same god with a different name in a different country, but exactly the same deity. You know, like you, like you have with the Greek uh, with the Greek and Roman pantheons, for mm-hmm. example. Um, or you might find that to, that a god given the same name in a different place might have a different portfolio. You know, and just be um, or a, a god that's worshipped as a benign entity, uh, like Om, the god of death and mm-hmm. rebirth and whatever, and what might be worshipped as as um, a very positive deity in one place and a very negative deity in another. But we're talking like, you know, people who maybe have a shrine at home. Um, you know, people don't build big churches in towns for worship. They, they tend to build municipal buildings, trade-based buildings. Um, you know, shrines to money, basically. Um, and communal spirit, stuff like that. So, you know, you're more likely to have um, a communal fest hall or a, a really ornate guild hall in a city than you, you are to have any sort of religious structure. Um, and there are tons and tons and tons of cults about, uh, all of all of which um, are, are, you know, some of them are benign, some of them are, you know, horrible and try to do horrible things, but you know, some of them are trying to do really nice things, you know, it, uh, it runs the gamut. Okay, so all the the religions that you would see today, all the cults that you would see today in this world, imagine that. Okay, except no one's really shouting about it. Except a couple hundred years ago, people started shouting because this new force was coming around. They found that when um, people with religious conviction, certain people with religious conviction, started trying to make things happen, things would happen, um, and so healing became a thing. And so you imagine that in a world without magic and with a world without miracles, that suddenly someone comes along and can legitimately heal someone. Like literally, they put their hand on there is a light around them, and that bone goes and it's straight again, and you can see the result. It's not you know hallelujah be praised out demons whatever, and then you know the guy in the wheelchair stands up because he's faking it, or, or you know some sort of psychosomatic thing, or you know um, you know some placebo effect, which has always been the case. There's always been a charlatan trying to do that in this world. Um, 
and they often, and that's probably one of the reasons religion was still kept down, is because people saw right through it. Now that you've got people who can summon forth a lightning bolt because they believe in this nature god who, who does various things and and calls for it and it happens and it might surprise them as much as surprise anyone else all right um you have cults that worship various other sorts of, of deities um which may or may not be deities there was a uh, a, a particular bit of trouble with um a cult that seemed to worship a demon that kind of looked like a badger, kind of like a stripy face and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. And end up called, and they actually they they are famous. Um, almost everyone you know will have heard about this cult because they were one of the things that precipitated the civil war, <clears throat> and it's, it's supposed that they were wiped out. Various sorts of like nature totems as well. So they they might you know some various cults might pick an animal, and have that as their totem, you know, and the the spirit of that animal or the spirit of a place, you know. Um, there, there's a lot of new things in this world, okay? And to be honest, you guys can create those things if you like. I've, I've not populated that entirely. Um, the world that I wrote is set in that 250 year, that 250 years ago, mm. in that civil war, okay? Or, or just before that civil war. So um, how things stand now is kind of a function of how you guys want to build characters. So if you decide that um, you want to be a magician and not a sorcerer, and you've done book learning and stuff like that, and you decide that it's actually this group of magicians you all kind of got together, and um, you've trying to be learning off each other, and you're sort of starting to form a college, and now you're out in the world trying to do your thing. That's great. That exists. Done. Right. Brilliant. Okay. Um, if you want to be a member of a race that hasn't yet been discovered but is emerging, then do that. Races are emerging. So the halflings emerged. They were a race of um, mountain-dwelling, essentially wild boars, who became bipedal and had a rudimentary hand. You know, and there's a lot of bloodshed to do with that. There are people who live in the mountains who have never been seen by anyone before. So, if you want to play an odd race, like the Goliath race that's been published, that you can do that, and that will be the people from the mountains, okay, um, or, or something like that. All right. So, so, it's up, so you can decide your own ecology. Where you're going to start is this place. Uh, this is a place called, this is a country called Anish. You've got ocean to the bottom. Um, we're talking temperate zone here. Um, what you've got is a basically square country bounded on the east by a mountainous region called Damwed, which is hill farmers, um, mining communities, things like that. Very dwarfy. You've got loads of foothills along the east and north. Along the north is the major mountain range of this planet. This is the you know this is the the Andes essentially, uh, being a long, thin, very tall um, set of mountains. They are basically impassable at any time of year. It's you take your life into your hands going into these mountains. People have done it. There are trades. You know, there are traders, but there are no roads. There are no trade routes. There are no regular. Uh, there's no regular contact apart from the people who kind of know a way, but they will keep that in the family, you know. So there is trade from there, but yeah, there's also um, a forest that that runs in the foothills there, a very thick forest. Some of the, one of the principal trades of the country is uh, timber. The entire country is bisected by this river, main trade route, transport route that runs north, uh, northeast to southwest, 
So it, uh, it goes from the mountains in the north on one side of the country down to the bottom of the mountains on the east side of the country and flows out into the ocean. Incorrect. So below that river, south of that river, is this vast breadbasket type zone with a very large um, forest in there, that, that some parts of which are swamp. Uh, the capital is right in the centre, it's there on that river. The region you're going to be starting in, an area in the northeast of Anish, in a duchy, there's, three, there's basically three duchies in Anish. Uh, there's Caroland in the northwest, Austria in the northeast, and Carindai in the south. And if you're going to break it up, then Carindai is basically human and elvish, um, with the elves going back to the forest there. Um, there is a city which is just all elves now. Uh, Caroland, you're looking uh, dwarves and halflings, and Ostia being uh, human, halfling, some dwarves. Ostia itself has foothills, it has those mountains <coughs> going to the north, uh, and it has quite a lot of lakes. That's what it's really famous for, is its lakes. But the lakes themselves are this border region with the neighbouring country called Kotev. Kotev is part of this confederation. It's actually called the Reimsa Confederation. It's the, 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 the Great Kingdom of Reimsa. Which does mean something. I wrote a fucking language. Fuck you. <laughs> um, so this this lake region has some really huge lakes. It has a fuck ton of small lakes and ponds and all sorts of things. It's a very, very watery place. Not boggy, though, but very watery. So the dry ground is very dry. The wet ground is very wet. Kotev and Anish were at the centre of this uh, civil war. Um, essentially, what happened was someone came out of uh, the southwest, a, a different country to the southwest, um, and ended up sort of, you know, sort of annexing various places and, and uh, uh, building a, a power base without it erupting into full-scale war. But by the time they got to Anish and crossed the mountains, you know, uh, across the, the, these mountains in the, in the, the west of Anish. They couldn't do it by diplomacy anymore. They couldn't do it through back channels, and it turned into open war. And so it became this civil war. So they'd already recruited a lot of the Kotevari people to their cause. Um, the Kotev uh, has a, sort of a two-tier system. There, you know, it was a, um, a top tier um, who ruled the bottom tier, and then two separate cultures. And so they recruited that bottom tier culture. To, to come in, and they have since taken over completely, and that, that was a, a, a direct result of that war. But Anish really was the battleground for that war. And the only thing that really saved Anish in the war was its relationship to a country that no one knew about 300 years ago, apart from some of the Kotavari who went there raiding because they thought it was full of treasure for spurious cultural reasons. And that country is called Banagar. Uh, think Nordic. Banagar um, has a route into Anish, and they do exchange troops. Um, they, they have a very good um, diplomatic relationship now. And at the time, they were the only country to have any sort of standing army called the Clave. They were sort of defending themselves from, from uh, raids, constant fucking raids from uh, Kotev all the time, and then suddenly decided, right, okay, let's do this. Kotev has since turned pretty lawless. It turns out that the only thing really keeping that country together was the brutal oppression of the, of the overlords kind of thing. Um, and the lower classes, uh, the, 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 lower, the lower class... Um, just expanded into this power vacuum and went a million different ways from Sunday. The place that you're going to start is in a little earldom. So, the, so uh, Austria is the duchy and it's then divided into earldoms. So it's a very feudal society. It's a place called Corden. 
which sits up against the mountains. So it's it's again it's in the north. Fordon or Fordon. Fordon. On. So it's in the northeast of this um, area. So it's it's the northeast. It's just before you get to this this you know this area of lakes. It's sort of, it's by the first big lake and nestled up against the mountains. The town you're going to be in is a town called Kereba, or a city rather, which sits astride a river. How are you spelling that? K E R E V A. Okay, phonetic, like it. Um, you'll find a lot of them are like that because they're based on a language that is 5,000 years old and no one speaks anymore. Okay, so um, it's my shame. Banagar has its own language as well, uh, which I did not create, someone else created that. That's why a lot of the names end up being similar or have similar. Um, components to them, but it's it's kind of not known why. It's it's like um, um, it's, it's like the syllable pen in the north of Britain. A lot of a lot of places have pen or um, thwaite or um, what do you call it? Yeah, ton. You know, sort of Middleton or whatever. It doesn't mean town. It means it means farm. Just Anglo-Saxon. So it's the same sort of thing going on here. There's a sort of a root language going on. Yeah, this area has changed hands historically quite a few times. And it's a bit of a running joke that as soon as they build one fortification, someone comes along, knocks it over, um, it changes hands, people squabble for a little while, and then it goes back to the original owner or, you know, whatever. But it stays in the same country, is the thing. But it sort of changes hands, or it has changed hands, historically, between lords from Kotev and Danish. So a lord can own two different areas in two different countries, that's fine. If they're allowed, it doesn't stop it being in that country. Right? Very much like King Richard, for example, um, owned half of France. Um, it didn't make him a French king. Okay, um, it gets complicated around there, but it tends to be a pretty bustling trade hub, and that's why people want it. So all these these areas that feed in from these rivers and and whatever. So the rivers all sort of like flow. You know, you know the, the 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 rivers coming off these lakes kind of feed off down, um, going towards this big main river through the country. And they sort of go past there. They don't actually go through Kiribati. Kiribati has one river going through it. But it has access to then the next network along. Um, and it's in a slightly better place than the actual seat of power, which is to the north, um, just Forden City or Forden Town. Um, they don't actually call it Forden Town. It's just called Forden. It's just a, a very, very well-defended settlement up near the mountains next to the first big lake. Uh, Kiribati is also pretty notorious as being shady. <laughs> It's it's not um, it's not Ankh-Morpork, it's not huge, um, so it's not big enough to really have an underbelly that will swallow you whole. But people from either side of the border tend to accumulate their trade from the north, from the, the mountains as well, tends to sort of get their things that aren't necessarily as uh, as savoury as people would like tend to get their flowering drug trade. So that's where you'll be. That's where you'll start. So if you don't have a reason to get there. We can figure something out. If you want to play an exotic race, okay, which is which is not part of this whole ecology, let me know. You don't need to have a backstory that coincides with everything I've just told you, or in fact anything I've just told you, okay. But let me know, and I want that to be a surprise when it comes out. All right. But for now, assume um, that you will start off as one of those races. Data insufficient. How you come to your powers and how you come to be the class that you are is going to be a pretty central thing to the story, all right? Because there's not a lot of history of magic in this world, you know, people are doing that. Some people are doing it for a living now, you know, but they're not producing great artifacts of power, all right? Those don't happen. 
So I will find a way to put those in your hand. Don't worry about it. Uh, so things like um, looting, for example, uh, oh, that's that looks like a good sword. I'll take that. But, but like, if you've got an ancestral sword or whatever, I'm not going to say, well, you can't put that down because that's your ancestral sword. But you're, you know, you're never going to have a bonus on that weapon. That won't be the case. Things will happen. Okay, even if you're not magic, you will have other magic people with you. You know, those things will 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 be moving. All right. So, what are people's first thoughts on what kind of race and class they want to be? I'm interested in playing a halfling. I've never, never done that that before. I've always been like you know fairly tough race, like a dwarf or a warrior human. So I'm interested in going somewhere a bit different. Mm-hmm. How about all the way to gnome? Funnily enough, that was actually what I was thinking in the back of my head because I was reading the thing about gnomes before. Uh, we'll have a look at gnome in the in the player's handbook and see if that grabs you. Um, okay. Oh, yeah, yeah. Rock gnome sounds interesting. It might well be that you are a rock gnome and don't know it. Um, I mean, they are smaller than halflings, so you might be a smaller than normal halfling, and everyone will treat you like a halfling. Am I still taller than dwarf, though? No. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, um, but the thing is, is that uh, that mechanically, hmm. you can be a gnome. Flavor, everyone will treat you like a halfling. Hmm. Uh, because that's all they've known, and even that will have some what do you call it? Some novelty. So yeah, race and class. What are we thinking? So th- those two things kind of go hand in hand. So what what do we think? Um, I'm happy to start off as a human or something like that. Start off with, but I've never played anything other than um, a rogue, you know, a rogue fighter. Or yeah, that's pretty much it, really. I think. So what 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 grabs you? What what grabs you out of the? Um, I I kind of want to do something with magic. Okay. Um, in, in fact, in terms of race as well, what would grab you? If you could play anything, what would you play? Well, I was going to say, actually, the uh, I can't even say, the the new eagle guys in the <laughs> elemental evil. Let's one. have a look. It's a double A thing, isn't it? Yeah. Arakokra? Arakokra! I think that's probably how you pronounce it. Uh, <laughs> you have to say that every time you introduce yeah. yourself. Arakokra. Arakokra. Okay. Um, yeah, I... I know nothing about them. I've just seen the picture and gone, hey, they look really shit hot. Okay. So, so um, you, if you desperately want to play that, I, had mm-hmm. a, I, I specifically had to think about that. Mm-hmm. If you desperately want to play that one, I can't sort of morph you into that, but I can drop you in as that, all right? Mm-hmm. You're but not in you Kansas will, anymore. You will have, yeah, literally, you will have no connection to any other player. Okay. You will feel pretty railroaded by the plot, I think. But there is a way that I can tie your character into the plot. Okay. All right, so if you desperately want to be that guy, be that guy. All right. Um, and okay. I will write you in. I'll get back to you on that. So I, I can literally drop you into it, and, and you'll, 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 be, you'll be all right. So uh, for, for that, in terms of magic, go for the D&D ecology. You are what it says in the book. All the things in there are what it says. So if it says, if you want to be a wizard of that, that race, then yes, you you to- totally went to a magic college where that that was the normal thing. Tom, dwarf, want to be a dwarf? Want to be a dwarf? Yeah. What what kind of class are you looking at? Uh, class, I'm not sure. Now, I want to uh, give you a reasonable thing: is that the flavour of the class is up to you. Mm. All right. If you want to be, um, I was thinking about berserker um, as well, and and say, well, well, or barbarian rather. So barbarian people go, oh well, you know, someone in the wilds. I'd, I want to play the class that does the thing that barbarians do. They want to have the the extra attacks. They want to do the, um, you know, the dynamic stuff. 
but I don't want to have to be someone for the backwards. That's fine. That's just how you fight. Do you know what I mean? Mm. It's it's fine. It's just it's your personality. It's not your your entire being. It's just that's how you get down. Like um, you ever read Drust the Legend? Um, okay. Um, well, the, the, there's a, 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 set, a series of books out there uh, to do with a character called Druss. And I recommend everyone go read this, Druss the Legend. It's brilliant. Um, it's how you write combat. Druss is a fighter, but he's actually a barbarian. But he's a perfectly civilized person. You know, he, he grew up in a civilized place. He, he knows all things. He's not Conan, you know, in terms of, you know, oh, I, I grew up fighting bears when I, was, when I was five. But he is a barbarian in that when he fights... It's not schooled at all. I mean, he's gone and learnt from people or whatever, but when he fights, it's just the red mist comes down and then everything he does is perfect. Now, there's this great section where um, he's an old man and he's fighting and he's, he's heading off, you know, the, this tide of hundreds and hundreds of people just like fucking carving his way through these guys, holding a line. And these people who are resting, you know, holding back from the front line, just go, look at him, look what he's doing. Um, he's, he's, he's just going, well, he's, he's, a, he's a fury. He's, you know, he's just whirling around mad and yeah he's not dead no look at what he's doing it's like this little this general talking to this like young captain no look look and see what he's doing see there right okay he took that guy out but he made him fall into that guy who was about to um you know hit him with an axe and when he chopped that guy's arm off it was his weapon hand and it fell on someone's foot you know it's like and if you asked him about any of this he wouldn't know it but every stroke of his axe is perfect every move that he makes is perfect and calculated to keep him alive, but he doesn't know that because it comes from a different place. So that that to me is the barbarian. Um, so if you wanted to have that, that's good. War machine, basically. Yeah, but if you wanted to be a fighter, then you would have sort of martial background. You know, you would, you know, like you are a martial artist. That's what you are. Or you know, you might be a noble. You might be a mercenary. You might be um, just someone who is good beyond what they should be with a sword. Um, you might be um, some someone from Banagar who wasn't part of the clade, the the army, but everyone there trains with a sword because they all want to be, <laughs> yes. you know. Um, so, uh, or, or you might just be someone um, who spent all this time on his dad's farm waving a stick around. How you want to flavour a class is entirely up to you. I don't know. I'm going to nail you down, Adam. I'm going with a bard. Going with a bard. Mm. Like so, I said, it's something I've never done before. I'm I'm interested in a bit of a challenge. Skill monkey. Um, bards tend to be um, good support classes, but in this edition, they are um, they can stand on their own two feet. Mm. But you're not going to be great at anything. But you're going to be good at just about everything, uh, depending on how you want to skill your bard. Jack of all trades, master of none. <clears throat> yeah. Now, bards in this have two colleges. They have the um, basically basically you go fighty bard or talky bard. Okay, magic you talk about. Both have magic. Both um, can do things in combat and out. But you have, say, the Scald uh, would be the archetype um, to go for. Um, I think it's, I can't remember what the colleges are called, but it's like the, the knowledge and knowledge and power, basically. So you get you know, a Scald who is much more skilled at fighting and at buffing people in combat. And you get the other sort of bard who is much more skilled at social things and, um, and, and general non-combat stuff but still holds his own. Now, in terms of flavour, no other bard makes magic. You do. It might be because you're the only gnome in the world. You know, it, that, it, but something, okay? Yeah. And thing, weird things have been happening to you that you pull out these things. Like you, you know, you, you know, you're singing a song or whatever, and suddenly you realise literally everyone in the room is watching you. And when you stop, 
they don't stop watching you. They don't go back to what they're doing, whatever, and you've actually mesmerized everyone. And you're just sort of like, okay, just going to edge out of the room now. <laughs> um, but that, that sort of stuff, or, or you're, um, you're, so you, you know, you're sort of getting there and you, you've got your guitars are a thing, by the way, in this. You don't have to have a lute. Um, oh, I can be a different type of rock gnome. Rock gnome! Yeah, yeah. exactly. Uh, or metal gnome. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, you're allowed. Um, that's it. Uh, that's, that, I think that might have to be my thing that way whenever I do something awesome. We can have like an awesome guitar riff in the background. As a gnome, the guitar would be the same size as you, though. Uh, but that's fine. I can I can put it an axe. <laughs> yeah, but if you've got if you've got magic, you might yeah. be changing the sound. Yeah. Okay. So you don't have to limit your magic to spells that you have, for example. Um, as long as it's just flavour, I don't care. You know, or it's really specific. Like you have this instrument, um, but you always have that instrument, and it goes away, and you don't really put it in a pack. It just goes away. Mm. And comes back. I don't care about that sort of stuff. It's not something that's give you like a bonus in combat that's unfair to other people. Um, or you have this thing um, that's a flute, but you have distortion effect on it. Do you know what I mean? Like just you know, or you can make it sound like another instrument. Mm. I don't. I don't mind um, because that will be a part of how your magic works. As a bard, you cast the same spells as say a sorcerer or a wizard, but I want you to feel different. Okay, Biddy. Mm. Thoughts on class? Yeah, it's it's tricky. I'm trying to decide whether I actually want to go with that race or not. Like I said, I, I've stuck with the same kind of stuff over and over and over again because it's what I'm familiar with. So I'm kind of really looking at something like, I don't know, Warlock? Mm -hmm. the, a Warlock would be a good class to use um, for someone who's been in this world. Mm -hmm. um, because of all these cults, for example. You might have got mixed up with a cult and made a deal. And that's how you got power. Mm. Um, and it might be that those powers, like they're, they're, like they're said in the book, it might be that those powers come directly from that patron, or it might be that that patron simply unlocked something in you. Yeah. So you're not necessarily tied to it, but you most definitely think you are. You made a deal. Okay. Um, so whether or not you think that this will go away if you stop describing that deal um, is irrelevant. You made a deal. You know, Someone has a contract to collect on you. I, li I do like Warlocks because it, it gives you an instant plot hook as a DM. Tom, what are we thinking? Just general ideas. Um, Do you know to be smashy, clever? I, I like the sound of the, the one who's not a master of the sword and has just been on the farm. Uh, well, so you're looking really at um, something either fighter or barbarian. Yeah, yeah. Um, a fighter. So um, the fighter, it, it's, the difference is going to be in how those classes progress. So with the barbarian... You get um, so more attacks. You get um, frenzies. You know, you get your rages where you yeah. can do more damage, do more attacks. Um, but it's it ends up being fairly simple to play. Um, and I think there is a thing where you can have like a call, the call of the wild, or you can have okay some okay. other sort of things. So so as they go on, you get your archetype that comes in. You get more rages, for example, if you want to be that kind of barbarian, or you might have more magic. Um, tied to primal energy, primal forces. Um, or if you wanted to go for fighter, you would start off by picking a fighting style, and then you would go through. I mean, you, you saw um, the two fighters we played during the Pandelva. Yeah, yeah. So you have the champion option, which is what Eliza went for, which is you get a crit on a nineteen or a twenty, and then you end up getting more actions and things. But it's a pretty simple way to play a fighter. You get battle master, which is that you 
Um, so you figure out that you can do more things in combat, and you can flavor that in two different ways. You can flavor it to you are becoming better at the art that you are good at. So you get parries and reposts mm. and, and you know things you can do on and off your turn, okay. um, and boosts you can give yourself. Or you can start going. I'm realizing that other people should be doing things. Uh, I'm, I'm I'm gaining a more tactical um, okay. appearance. Like I'm a natural tactician. I've just figured this out. Yeah. It might be in your first battle that you figure this out, kind of thing. Like, so even though you're raised on someone's farm, whatever, you might figure out that you have the soul of a general in you. Mm. Um, okay. You know, you, or you know, you was, you were sat chipping away at the family mine and never had the opportunity, and you sort of dreamt of battles and things and, and heard stories of things. And then when you get out there, suddenly it's like, I think I know what I'm actually doing here. What the hell, you know? Um, so you don't necessarily need to be schooled for it. You don't need to have a background that says I can do that. Um, but suddenly it just might occur to you to just go. Weak spot over there, hit it, and someone else gets to make an attack off their turn. Yeah. For example, the battle master when I was playing it was quite interesting because you've got an interesting spread of different skills you can pick up. And I, because I knew we weren't going to be playing a particularly long campaign, so yeah. bollocks to it, I'll just be selfish. And I took ones that were very specifically gave me boosts. But yeah, there's quite a few in there that just allow you to essentially just be the tactician on the team and you know push people in certain directions and. Mm. Okay. And it doesn't. It doesn't say that you must do this thing with your turn. All the actions you give people are off their turn, mm. and they don't count towards like saying, "Well, now you can't do this." Yeah. It, it okay. was always adding. Yeah. There is also the Eldritch Knight, which is what Orath was. So, um, and you could play that as to kind of like you're you're you know twatting around with a sword, and you are going to in the book you're limited to, to abjuration, which is protection, or evocation, which is um, attack, which it's it's throwing energy around. I am not going to hold you to that because I'm saying that this is a new thing. Yeah. Um, you're not going to be schooled in this. You're going to be picking this up. It's almost like you picked up sorcerer rather than um, wizardry. Um, and you're going to be around other people who've got other things going on. So you might want to pick up a spell that someone else has or someone else has inspired you in some way to go, I, I, I can probably do something like that. Um, but this different thing. So um, I won't limit it to that at all. You'll still be limited by the number of spells, but not limited to those skills. Um, but let's say, like you know, uh, you you were you're always sort of waving this sword around, you know, sort of after you've mucked the pigs out or whatever, you're w waving a broom around um, when you're a nipper, and you know your your dad would read you, um, you know, stories about these these Legends. knights that went around and did cool things, and this knight that that um, uh, could just summon his horse like that, or could uh, fly, or this this one who could like project fire from his sword or something like that, yeah, exactly. and then holy shit, it's happening. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it's me. I'm doing yeah, this shit. That's good. Um, that so that could be a thing. Yeah. Um, or any other way you want to flavor that. So that would be good if you want to do a. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. Okay, let's go with the eldritch. But that that you don't have to decide that for another couple no. of levels. Okay, okay. Um, but if you if you want to think yeah. about that, yeah, that um, you know, intelligence might be a thing that you might want to roll for. Okay. So your spellcasting ability is intelligence. Um. Or in fact, do you know what? We because we're going to reflavor that. We will put your spellcasting ability as one of the mental stats, certainly. But you don't have to choose just yet. You know, like you can just choose your highest one, like charisma, okay, or intelligence or wisdom. Biddy, anything jumping at you? Well, I don't know because actually I was getting confused. Cause it was actually wizard that I was thinking of because I really, I really like the uh, the character um, thing he was playing. You know, where he could turn into animals and stuff. But it's a bit samey. We've already been there. Yeah, but no, I'm just flicking through the warlock actually. And yeah, yeah, other otherworldly patron is a definite plot hook for that. 
what are the origins of that? Because uh, with your prestige class, sorry, no prestige class, with your, with your archetype, um, I think you basically have to choose that when you start. Yeah, you it's, first, your it's first level. Um, so it's um, you struck a bargain with an otherworldly being of your choice. Um, this is a couple of ones you can choose from, each of which is detailed at the end of the class description. Uh, your choice grants you features at first level, 6th, 10th and 14th. Cool. I, I'd always I, say don't, don't be too um, keen on things that happen much later on, you know, to make yeah. main decisions. That's that's it's sort of power gamer to go. Well, you know, at twentieth level, I want to be this. Mm. Well, you're probably not going to get there. Do you know what I, mean? I was going to say any advice you want to throw at me for this, uh, go for it. Just that's, that's I, I have, I'm very out of my depth with anything to do with magic in this game. Yeah, you get to choose things from the uh, arcane spell stuff. I think okay. I think you are slightly restricted in what you can have. Uh, but think of this as um, more of a sorcerer type thing, where you can you're chucking spells off all over the fucking place. Okay. okay. So you get a relatively small number of spell slots. So for example, at first level, you get two cantrips. You know two other spells, but you only get one spell per day. Right. Okay. And you don't know any invocations and things. But once you go up into your into like second level. You know, you get, another, you get another spell, you know, but you then you get two invocations. So, and what are invocations? Invocations are a class feature of a warlock. Uh, Eldritch invocations. So you get this list. Yeah. So some of these, a lot of these have prerequisites. Armor of Shadows, but these, so these relate to other spells. So Armor of Shadows, for example, you cast Mage Armor on yourself at will without expending a spell slot or material components. Okay. So you get to cast a spell, but not really because it's an invocation. Uh, gain proficiency in Deception and Persuasion, uh, Beguiling Influence. Um, so it's things like you get to cast a spell, or you get these interesting things. So Book of Ancient Secrets, um, you can inscribe magical rituals in your Book of Shadows. Choose two first-level spells that have a ritual tag, uh, and, and you can do those. Devil's Sight, you can see in darkness. Mm -hmm. There you go. Um, so you cast Detect Magic, there you go. So is this whole list of stuff uh, available to me, um, or do I have to pick in this? Oh, you have to learn it. Right, okay. Um, what will be the mechanic for learning it in this? The mechanic is that you meet its prerequisites. Oh, right, okay. The flavour is, is is up to you. So, um, invocations known is two. Um, oh, I see. Yeah, yeah so, so you know two of them, yeah. Right, so I need to pick two of them and as a level up I can choose more. Right, okay. Yeah, so some of them require a certain pact. Yeah, the most you'll ever know is eight, right at the top end of the scale. You can cast Disguise Self at will without expending a spell slot, Mask of Many Faces. So at second level, you just get that, you can do that, something you can do. Okay. You're essentially a changeling. Okay, so I've only got the two that I've picked, and then as I progress up, I get additional ones being added on. Yeah, and your Pact Boon gives you the expanded spell lists. Mm -hmm. So you can choose from the spell list that it says in the book, plus those. Okay. Cool. Uh, I don't think so. Those those invocations become really powerful. Yeah, I've got to say, I don't think that really this really ties in with um, or whatever the hell they're called. <laughs> People. Uh, also, the the elemental spells in this, I am going to get the um, the spell cards when they come out. So um, I, I'll allow elemental mm -hmm. spells as normal if they're on that list. They've got different lists for warlocks and uh, wizards and you know, all that sort of stuff. But before I go out. If I go with this before I go out and buy a deck, do you have the Warlock cards? Do you know? Or? Uh, it's the Arcane deck. Is it the Arcane it's deck? just the Arcane deck. Okay. Every once in a while they're going to come out with a new thing. So they, they came out um, with 
the the first proper pre-gen adventure, the Horde of the Dragon Queen mm. stuff, um, you know, the Cult of the Dragon uh, storyline. They didn't come out with any more player options for it. For this one, the uh, Elemental Evil storyline, um, they're coming out with three new races, no new classes, and a bunch of spells. So that, that that's how new classes and things will be drip fed. And if if your character is getting a bit boring for you, and a new character thing has come up, and a new choice has come up, and you might want to switch, that's fine. Multiclassing is also fine. Um, but say if a new race comes out and you go, oh, I'm a bit bored of my race, can I change to this? Yeah, we'll figure it out. An in-character thing. We won't just kill off one character mm-hmm. and go for it. I would prefer to do that in-character. But change is kind of the watchword of this campaign. Mm. All right. um, assuming you were saying with um, like certain stuff, you can start off as a human and then you can change into what you were saying, uh, evil guys don't really lend themselves to that. Well, yeah, the eagle guys don't. Specifically them. The Genasi do, because they're... Are they um, the elemental? Yeah, the, sort of the, yeah, the element touched. Yeah. So you would look like a normal human, elf, dwarf, whatever, from a distance, and then you get closer, and it's like these subtle differences. Um, and I could work that in. Um, I could work that in really well. But the idea is that uh, you wouldn't start off as that. You know, you wouldn't have been raised as a Genasi. You know, you wouldn't have been born that way. It's something that's going to happen to you. Okay. So you would start off with a you know vanilla character, and then we will make changes to your character sheet gradually. Mm-hmm. And it might it it would it would have to be whenever the story because I I wouldn't be able to give you a definite feed on you know you know you'd have to be confident with the character you start with. You'd have to like the character you start with as well, mm. um, and this to be part of their character arc because some of these things are going to be uh, changes that you are going to be in control of. Some of them are not. Some of you are going to have your characters changed for you because things are going to happen. All right. I'll try not to be major about it if that's not the way you want to play your character, but if you're happy with things happening to your character that affect them. You had a look at Fighter, good chance? So we're looking at. I was thinking, is this too early to talk about background? No, not at all. Okay. I've already sketched down a couple of little ideas. Okay, okay. Cool. Yeah, I mean, like, yeah, shout them out, you know, just. Let me know. So, so what were you thinking? Well, I was just looking up on, on my phone about like exile dwarfs, and I was thinking about maybe something happened where you were talking about the magic, uh, where things were happening for no reason. Maybe some gold had disappeared off this farm, <laughs> and this character had been blamed for it. Yeah. And had kind of been scorned by his group, and was going off on this adventure. Um, and because you're looking at Eldritch Knight as well, maybe things did kind of go weird around you. Know? Mm-hmm. It's the whole, the whole Harry Potter thing, you know. Yeah, 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 yeah. Sometimes yeah. you made something happen by thinking about it. So um, he's going, he's going off now to prove everybody wrong and bring back something mm-hmm. to um, bring back his name. Yeah, that's my yeah. Uh, sketch of an idea. <laughs> that, that that sounds perfectly fine. Yeah, because it's not, it's not too big. You know, it, it mm-hmm. gives you a reason to be out in the world. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it yeah. gives you a reason to prove yourself as well, which is a, a great thing as a, as a DM. Um, so, if if you want, if you're sort of looking at your um, character traits, you know your 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 flaws and your bond and all that mm-hmm. sort of stuff. That that's that's where that thing will, will come into it because you don't have to take something from the book. I mean, please don't. You know, just mm-hmm. um, the book's there just to to be a help towards you deciding those things. And if something comes out like that, so like your um, your flaw might be that. You are eager to prove yourself, or, or that you've got a chip on your shoulder about um, you know, people believing you and, and not, you know, or people having yeah. faith in you. Um, you know, if you, if you could sum that up in a way, uh, 
but that's 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 a pretty good thing. Okay. To bring out. Okay. Okay. So let's get serious about characters at the moment. Um, who has d6s? Can I borrow one? Yeah. No, actually, no, no. So if I borrow yours, I'll blame you because it'll be your dice. Uh, <clears throat> you so can we smash need... it as long as you replace it. <laughs> You're going to need four d6, and you drop the lowest one. Okay. So Adam, and you need to write these down as well. Not anywhere particular. Just write them down. I've got four, a six, and a two. Twelve again. That's seven, eight, eight, eleven, fifteen. So, are you happy with those with that spread, or do you want to take an array? Because that's your choice now. You can take those stats as they are, or you can take an array. I would maybe take an array. Fifteen, fourteen, thirteen, twelve, ten, eight, which is a better array than you've got. Yeah. Because you'll get you will get bo- uh, boosts to some of that. So as a gnome, mm-hmm. base speed twenty-five. Uh, that's just your size. Your size is small, um, but you just got to remember that. I think so. Yeah. So you're not. Everyone else is going to be medium. You're going to be small. Uh, you have dark vision. Cool. Gnome cunning. You have advantage on all intelligence, wisdom, and charisma saving throws against magic. And we'll, we'll forget languages for the moment because that's not really relevant. Uh, subrace. So you're looking at forest gnomes and rock gnomes. A forest gnome would get um, a minor illusion cantrip for free, uh, regardless of class. And you can speak, speak with small beasts, you get a dexterity increase. A rock gnome, which is I think what you're looking for, mm-hmm. is that your constitution goes up by one. Okay. And you get Artificer's Law, which is whenever you make an intelligence history check related to magic items, alchemical objects, or technological devices, you add twice your proficiency bonus. Right, okay. I think specialised in fiddly things. Is that? Yeah. Um, you have proficiency with artisans' tools, tinkers' tools. Yep. Using those tools, you can spend an hour. But we don't have to write this down. But uh, you can spend an hour and ten gold pieces worth of materials to construct a tiny clockwork device. There's an AC of five <laughs> and one hit point, um, which ceases to function after twenty-four hours unless you spend an hour keeping it uh, up every day. So you can have up to three such devices at a time. And you can choose well, a clockwork toy, a fire starter, or a music box. <laughs> I would I would let you do any sort of benign type thing with that if you really. So I can't it. generate like I can't build a new weapon, but I can build say any little fiddly thing. Yeah, you can squeeze it into combat, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, but but yeah, you're not gonna gonna build a, a um... cannon. Yeah, <laughs> hand cannon. <laughs> Repeating just, crossbow. Yeah. Just have a clapping monkey on standby for situations. <laughs> no, I just got this metal picture of just me with this like you know, hasta la vista, yeah. and then just like, <laughs> and this little gnome just goes flying backwards. Okay, there is another option in the elemental evil player's companion, which is the deep gnome. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, this is all just flavour. So, so choose if if you want the the crunch. You, know, you don't have to take the fluff. Superior dark vision, which has dark vision with a radius of 120 feet. So you get the same uh, same with um, saving throws against magic. That's the same. Uh, stone camouflage. You have advantage on dexterity. Uh, stealth checks to hide in rocky terrain. No, I think I'll stick with a rock gnome. Cool. Tom. Yep. So we'll do people's races. Cool. Dwarfs. All right. Uh, do you want to go for any sub-race of dwarf, or do you want to just go... Standard dwarf, your ability score increases as your constitution score increases by two. You get a speed of twenty-five. You have dark vision of sixty feet. Advantage on saving throws against poison, and you have a resistance to poison damage. So any poison is half damage to you. So that's straight dwarf. You also are going to have um, proficiency 
with battle axe, hand axe, throwing hammer, and war hammer. Tool proficiency. You get artisan's tools of your choice. Smith's tools, brewer's tools, or mason's tools. Um, to be honest, you can just choose something. If you want to be proficient at farming and farm implements and that sort of stuff, because that's what you know, yeah, yeah. yeah go for it. Yeah. Um, so let's say um, that you are proficient with um, uh, like farm vehicles, things like that. Anything to do with farms, we'll just flavour it that way. So yeah, you know it's your wheelhouse, done, right? When you make a history check to do with stonework and that sort of stuff, mm. you add twice your proficiency bonus, whether or not you are proficient in history at all. Now you've got two choices of sub race here, so this might this will cancel out some things. As a hill dwarf, um, your wisdom score would go up by one, not your constitution score by two. So you would take that constitution down by two, wisdom up by mm. one, and your hit point maximum increases by one and increases by one every time you get a level. It's not huge, but there you go. But that's the payoff for losing that constitution score. Um, as a mountain dwarf. Uh, you would increase your strength by two rather than your constitution uh, and you would gain proficiency with light and medium armour. Go with the hill dwarfs. Holy shit. Wow. Okay. Bastard. Beast mode. <laughs> Someone just rolled an you know what? Keep the fucking dice. <laughs> so uh, write these down on the back of your sheet. Holy shit. <laughs> What's that? Call them out for the, for the people at home. 16. Oh my god. Got an 18, a 16. Adam, Adam's shaking his head right now. That's a 12. Not so good. Oh, oh, Adam. <laughs> oh. What a shame. 13. That is 14. 13. 13. Cool. So, as a fighter, your highest stats have got to be. Um, Strength and Constitution. I would put your next highest stat in Intelligence if you want to go Eldritch Knight. Okay. So uh, put those in, decide how you want them to go. Human. Uh So you've got a choice here between ability score increase of one to everything. Yeah. Or you can have two ability score increases of one. Proficiency in a skill of your choice and you gain a feat. Feats are... Feats are things where <clears throat> once you go up to like level four, you get a stat increase or you get a feat, and they allow you to do various things. Let's have a look here. Uh, so I'll just read out a couple of things. Uh, alert, always on the lookout for danger. You gain the following benefits: plus five bonus to initiative. Uh, you cannot be surprised while you are conscious. Mm. Other creatures don't gain advantage on attack rolls against you as a result of being hidden. Actor, skilled in mimicry, increase your con- uh, charisma by one to a maximum of twenty. You have advantage on charisma deception checks. Performance checks, blah, 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 blah. You mimic speech. Um, so, yeah, so you can mimic the speech of another uh, sounds and things made by other creatures. You must have heard them for at least one minute. So some of these things are, are, are uh, combat stuff. So uh, charging, so you get the charge thing, yeah. where you get to dash and then attack at the end. Um, crossbow expert. Um, yeah, if you're within five feet, you don't get disadvantage on an arranged attack roll. Linguist, you study different languages. I'll, I'll allow you to name them. Once they come on, you can just go, I speak that language. Inspiring leader. You must have a charisma of 13 or higher. Lucky. Uh, you have three luck points. Whenever you make an attack roll, an ability check, or saving throw, you can spend one luck point to roll an additional d20. You can choose to spend one of your luck points after you roll the die, but before the outcome is determined. You choose which one is used for the attack roll, ability check, or saving throw. So you can give yourself advantage, basically, spending these, l- these luck points. Mm. So you can use a feat to sort of plug a gap in your character. 
That's or put you into proper beast mode if you've got a you know if you want to it's bump a, up your stats. It's a slightly more interesting option, though, isn't it? Cool. Yeah. Okay. We'll go for that then. All right. You want to roll your stats? Oh, come on, dice. Be, be nice. Twelve. Uh, in terms of um, like the type of fighter, can it can um, yeah. you know, we were like saying before? We like we've um, can't shout them out, but we'll we'll hear it. Uh, uh, Eight. Yeah, we've heard about like um, no, seven. the okay. tales and the legends and things, and being um, maybe he's um, learned how to defend the He'll farm. What's going on? Um, I I would say like oh, maybe <laughs> like maybe maybe Six. that would be the case. Okay. Um, but yeah, I I think. Not too many war stories, mm. just because uh, he's young, or you know, he's this is his first foray into the world. Yeah, so if he was yeah. a seasoned fighter already, but yeah, there's no reason why he couldn't have practice in combat first. Yeah. But the only thing I'd say is maybe nothing too major, like he's never killed anything before. Oh no, 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 no. Like he's only he's only killed an animal out hunting yeah, or whatever. Yeah. So yeah. he's never killed a sentient creature before. That was bullshit. <laughs> what did you get? Um, 12, 7, 11, 6, 10, 12. Do you want to take an array? Yes, please. <laughs> okay, take the array. It's uh, 15, 14, 13. Is it 12, 12, yours? 12, 10, 8. 10, 8. I want your dice roll. Yeah. Yeah, that was pretty sweet. I'll swap you. <laughs> I'll buy they'll, be, they'll be rubbish for months. Now. I'll buy you biscuits. <laughs> In all fairness, we need a tank. <laughs> um, who's ready to go on? I am. I've got 15 on my charisma. 14 on dexterity, because the book says I should go for those two as top stats. Yeah. Next, I've got... I didn't wish way around to put these, really, but I've got um, a 13 and a 12 in intelligence and wisdom. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've got a 10 on strength and 8 on constitution, because I've got my plus 1 bonus on that. Cool. So, you, as a gnome, so you've you got your proficiencies or your, your, your various things that a gnome gets. Now... That doesn't give you proficiency in weapon styles, things like that, but don't worry, you'll, you'll get some through your your class. So when it says um, under the class, you get your, your proficiencies and your skills and that sort of stuff, what have you got there? Light armour. Mm-hmm. Um, weapons, I get simple weapons. Yep. Hand crossbows, long swords, rapiers and short swords. Cool. Um, tools, I get three musical instruments of my choice, but I'm going to have one, because you'll see why in my backstory. Cool. Um, and skills, I can have any three. When you go through those backgrounds and have a look and see, not necessarily the flavour of them, just the crunch. Well, what backgrounds? You know, what appeals to you? The backgrounds will give you um, extra proficiencies. Backgrounds. Starting Please. equipment, that sort of stuff. Okay. So have a look through. The entertainer one is the standard one for bards. If you get a proficiency twice, right, you get specialism in it. So whenever, so when you're going through and selecting your proficiencies. Uh, what you do is you colour in the little box there, because we haven't done the math yet. You just colour in the box to say what it is. If you get specialisation, colour it in and put a ring around it. Okay. Okay. So if you get it twice, it stacks. So in terms of the fighter, what kind of fighting style do you think, you know, what what grabs you? What what do you want to be wielding? What what do you see in your character's hands? Uh, battle axe. A battle axe? Yeah. Just the one? So a shield um, maybe as well? Or, yeah, yeah. Or dual wielding? Shield as well, yeah. Cool. So, um, so weapon and shield style. Yeah, maybe like protective with others too. Use the shield. Yeah, I mean that that would that would be that style would would in, would absolutely do that. 
Okay, the fighter. So you get a fighting style and second wind. So in your um, features and traits and things. So um, features and traits, second wind. Um, so one of the things to note is that your hit dice is 1d10. So always note that in your maximum as well, because you're going to track how many hit dice you have left in the big, in the large section of the box. But your hit oh, dice yeah. maximum, like literally above where you've just written. Oh, yeah. 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 You put 1d10. So if you're multi-classing and got something different, like a 1d8 or something, 1d10, 1d8, that's your maximum. Okay. And then you track how many you've got left of each one. Um, everyone, by the way, um, you're going to get maximum hit points and stuff like that at your first level. So, yeah, we're not, not going to bother with all that sort of stuff. Oh, okay. What's maximum hit points? Maximum is your hit die, Yeah. For, which is determined by your class, um, plus your constitution modifier. Oh, wow. Okay, my maximum is nine. <laughs> So your class features as a fighter, you are proficient in all armour and shields, uh, simple weapons, martial weapons. You have proficiency on saving throws, so in these boxes here, um, yep. for strength and constitution. For those listening, if you're still listening, if you're still awake, uh, we're using the, uh, if you download all of the Wizards of the Coast official character sheets, this is alternative character sheet. Um, so your fighting style. Archery, defense, dueling, um, great weapon fighting, protection. All right. When a creature you can see attacks a target other than you that's within five feet of you, you can use reaction to impose disadvantage on the attack roll. You must be wearing a shield. So that's you. So your, your fighting style is protection yeah. rather than traits. So it's up to you to understand when to do this because I'm not going to prompt you. No worries. Right? Yeah. Um, likewise, with all of these class features and things, it's up to you to understand how they work. Because I, I don't want to learn how they all work. <laughs> yeah, you can use your reaction. So your reaction is is a, a thing that happens off your turn. Uh, you only get one per round. Okay. Um, so yeah. So so if you're next to someone, you go, okay, I'm going to use my reaction this round to get the shield in the way and it imposes disadvantage on the attack. So that's what you get at first level. Okay. That's great. Um, you are going to level up pretty fast in this game, by the way, because first level sucks. Adam, once you're done picking a background, transferring the skills across, give that to Tom. Tom, you pick a background. Cool. I'm pretty sure I've got everything. Billy. Hi. So, where are we? Okay, so it recommends putting uh, my high start in charisma followed by constitution. Mm -hmm. um, it then doesn't really give any advice there after that. So, I've put... If it, if it says put put them in these stats, I would I would hold that. Oh no, I've I've, I've definitely done that with those. It's just the the, the other four that um, that I've not done. So I've put my lowest stat in strength. So it's, it's what kind the what kind of person do you want to be? Don't think about power game in this mm. because mm. if you want to be a warlock who actually is pretty handy, you know, then what's coming to mind with my character is that. Um, he starts off as, he's not a particularly um, intelligent or able person by any stretch of the imagination. Um, a simpleton, I think, would be a good term. Mm -hmm. And So intelligence is your dump stat? Well, no, because you see, what happens is, he, he, he falls ill, he goes into a deep fever for about a week, uh, he's on the edge of death, and someone, or something, uh, approaches him and makes a deal with him. And when he comes out of the uh, the fever, he's... A different person almost smart intelligent articulate um, and also this is where the warlock powers and stuff come in mm -hmm. and essentially this is where the whole um, you know pact magic and otherworldly patrons and stuff comes into it that essentially I've made this deal 
So this is a deathbed thing. So it's a deathbed thing. So he's not part of a cult. He's not um, got connections that way. He's he literally just like. Well, the the connections might be with a cult. It might have been a cult member that came to him and offered this to him. I'm not quite established that Mm. in my head. But one of his underlying one of well, I like the, the dream thing. I like I like this idea. Yeah, something something essentially comes to him during this. The fear. So his underlining fear that motivates him is the fact that he's terrified that he's going to lose what he's gained from this and go back to being the simpleton that he was. Yeah. So as a result, I'm thinking. So if charisma and constitution should be the highest, I'm then thinking that wisdom and intelligence should be the next highest. With well, maybe not wisdom, because it doesn't sound yeah, like a wise one man. language of your choice. Okay. That sounds like a vain man. Well, he's not, he's not, he's not so much vain, mm, it's just more the fact that he can't fact. quite... The best example I can give is in the second Polymorph episode in Red Dwarf, when Rimmer turns into Ace again, and he's like, can I stay in this body for a bit longer because I can't, I can't bring yeah. myself to go back? That's what it is. He can't live with the idea of going back to how he was now he's experienced what it is to have a mind and abilities and everything. Mm. So, he's, so he's, not, he's, he's not necessarily vain. Yeah, so, so dex and strength wouldn't be there because he wasn't physically improved. It's, yeah. it's all mental. Yeah. yeah. So, I'm, so I'm thinking, yeah, so charisma and constitution, because that's what it says, and then um, strength and dex, strength being the lowest at 8, and then dex at 10. And then I can't quite decide. I've got thirteen out of twelve left, and I can't quite figure out which. I'm not quite sure which is best. For, uh, well, you've also um, got your stat increases. Yeah. It, um, so if you wanted to use the stat increases to flatten them out, um, but bear in mind um, that nine is the average is an average person. Right. Okay. So. I would allow you to spend those stat increases in one stat. So if you wanted to pump those into Charisma, I would let you do that. Okay. Um, I'm probably going to do... So it does sound like force of personality is his thing. Right, I'm going to do, uh, do intelligence at 13 and wisdom at 12, then in that case. And then um, I've got the... Uh, so I'm going to do a plus, so I've got two more to add to this. So I'm going to boost Charisma up to 16. Mm-hmm. Uh, one, 16 and... Uh, Constitution. I'm just trying to figure out because I, I don't. I don't really know the character you see, so I'm not quite sure what is drawn upon. Okay, so yeah, we, yeah, we can figure that out later. Mm-hmm. So what I want you to do is uh, your hit points is it's it's one d eight. Okay, yeah, one d eight, yeah. Yeah, so it's one d eight plus your Constitution modifier. Um, you can figure out all those later. Right. By the way, because I'm not doing the pluses and things. I'm not figuring out the pluses. Right. Because okay. we need to do something very um, important next. Okay. And we don't have much time to do it. Okay. Cool. So, um, I want you to have a look through the backgrounds. Pick something that you like. Uh, again, crunch, not flavour. Yeah. Um, so if it says outsider, but it gives you all sorts of things you like, and you don't think your character is an outsider, that's fine. I don't care. Okay. So pick that. So what have we got, chaps? Um, I've gone with an entertainer. It fits in best with my character. Cool. Outlander. Outlander? Yeah. Cool. Later on you can decide what kind of equipment you've got, what kind of stuff you want to do, all right? Because um, that, that sort of thing takes sort of pouring over books and, and whatnot. We mm-hmm. time. But we are going to establish how you three oh, know yeah. each other. Um, does anyone have a thing straight away thinking, my character knows that character, just... 
straight off the bat, do you have something that you want to nail down and, and throw out there? Ooh. Nope, I've nope. got nothing. Okay, so maybe one. Yep. Like, yeah. Maybe as a bard, I saw you playing your musical instrument somewhere after I was exiled from yeah. um, the farm I was living in. So yeah, you've seen him, um, and um, that that could just be it. That could be it because like as we go into it. Um, you know, we'll be playing it fast and loose to start with. It could just be that basic recognition that you yeah. know, that you oh you've seen his face before. Yeah, yeah. Um, but he wouldn't necessarily remember you. Okay. Um, so uh, unless you want to figure out a story between you the two, or something happened, you know, uh, there's things going on. Um, so let's have a look. Um, Biddy. Mm. Okay. Uh, one, two, three, four, five, six. You know the gnome. Okay. Or, or you know the gnome as a halfling, a short halfling. Um, how do you know him? Oh. But you know him well. I know him well. Um, okay, I might have to have a quick discussion with Adam then before we come up with a bit more background here. Yeah, go for um, it. Bit off character. Um, yeah. I've, I've never stuck around in any place. Yeah. Um, I'm not particularly popular because people obviously like Paul said halflings are a fairly new species um, we're not really recognised I'm being especially short for a halfling yeah. uh, people... that's going to be really annoying sorry sorry. <laughs> <laughs> people look on me as something of, of a freak um, yeah. so I've never I've never been like a feature anywhere um, sometimes often been like bullied uh, or like chased out of like um, villages and stuff Okay, this kind of works. So, as a bard, then, do you travel around from town to town you yeah. know, selling your musical wares? Basically, yeah. Um, playing for my supper. Right. Okay, then. In that case, then, a good time could be that, um, because before I became the person that I am going to be starting with, I was a simpleton, um, a bit stupid. If you were playing in the tavern, I would have been the kind of person at the front, kind of going, <laughs> playing with the song, <laughs> kind of person. And as a result, I probably would have been a little bit of, you know, people would take the piss out of me, make fun of me, you know, I'd be the butt of all the jokes and stuff. And as being a person of a similar kind of thing, would, you know, you'd probably notice me and have a bit of compassion to me, I would have thought. You'd be able to understand my plight. So then perhaps when you return back to town and you see me again and all of a sudden I'm smart, intelligent, articulate, it's all gone, I'm a different person, piques your interest and we kind of get... Okay. To know each other, because I mean, I would essentially, you know, having such a transformation in the in the village as well, people would be very wary of me and not particularly trusting anymore. You know, there'd be all rumours about making packs with the devil and so stuff. So, so, so he met we he met you first. So Adam Adam's character met your character when you were still Hodor. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so and but so he met you again once you transformed. Yes, after, like, a, on a separate occasion, like, you bugged off for a, a month or whatever and then came back and then all of a sudden I'm a different person. That piqued his interest. Seems like a good time. Yeah. So sounds sounds good. So Tom's yeah. character has seen Adam's character, but that's it. Adam's character has no knowledge of Tom's character. So, Tom, you have to know Billy's character. How is it you know him? Picked on him for being a moron. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, actually, I really quite like the idea of... Adam's character being the only one who knows what I was like before 
I was yeah. the idiot. Okay. So that that's kind of the connection in that I have your trust because you know that, and it's a really big part of my paranoia about myself. Well, and funny that you should mention that because that sort of does tie in quite well with my character as well. My character is basically quite naive and very trusting. Mm, okay. Well, if, I, don't, I don't know if your character would be very trusting if you're the sort of person who can run out of town a lot. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, because they're naive. They, they think the best of mm. everybody. So that there sets up, for me, a character arc for you. So your character is not going to stay naive. Mm-hmm. Um, you're going to have to grow. Oh, yeah, that's and, fine. And, and uh, maybe that's going to be an issue. Mm. See, um, the, the reason I'm very naive is because although I have been chased out of like village and stuff, um, I've never really had a chance to hang with other people and develop my character as a personality. Yeah. So I'm I'm always looking for somewhere to fit in, thinking the best of everybody, trying to be friendly, in the hopes that they'll accept me. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Um, so, um, likewise, in, in terms of character arcs and things, um, I mean, finding out more about this pact of yours is a good arc. I can put that in there. Mm-hmm. Um, yours is going to be pretty much determined by the dynamic within the group. Mm-hmm. Um, Tom. Uh, I think your character is is possibly going to be about his progression towards the person he wants to be, mm. and maybe um, more about him finding his own place in the world. <clears throat> you know, rather than say, seeking approval from his his, his past relatives. Go, yeah. you know, I've done all this cool stuff. Why am I just myself justifying myself to you people? What the fuck have you done? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah, I've I've, I've, I've saved left. the world. You know, yeah. okay. Um, okay. Who the fuck are you? Um, do you have a strong idea of what you want your pact to be, your your warlock pact to be? Um, no, I need to, essentially, it's going to determine a little bit on... <laughs> Can um, I do it? Can I do it? <laughs> well, um, according to Can this, when you're you. actually doing your um, construction, I think I do actually need to choose an otherworldly patron. Okay. I, I, can't, I can't quite get my head around this as to whether I need to do one or the other. Um, um, I think I'm supposed to be doing both. So you need to you need to determine who it is that you signed your contract with. Essentially, yeah, and it's going to be well. It's the, theoretically it's either based on whatever options it, it gives in the book here. It's and I need Archfey, to... fiend, or a great old one. Mm. Do you want to roll a dice? Okay, to make it interesting. Okay, tell you what I'll do yeah. is I'll do I'll roll a d4. Uh, one, two, and three is one, two, and three in the book in order. If it lands on four. You can create it from scratch. Oh, please get four. <laughs> please get four. Uh, okay. And it is a one. A one. So it's Archfey. That's the first one in the book. Okay, cool. So that kind of works as well. Right. So this might all be an illusion, <laughs> which, which feeds into your paranoia because, yeah, it might just be this Archfey. This might be a dream. You don't know. I like that. <clears throat> but, you, but you believe it's an Archfey. Okay. Yeah. So, so you can you can build that character with that. So, uh, if it landed on four, I wouldn't have told you what it was. I'd just given you spells, <laughs> let ah, you figure okay. it out, or maybe just homebrew it completely. I, you know what? I'm I'm almost tempted, tempted to go for that option because I I love actually not being entirely in control of your character. But I'm going to say, yeah, you do not know anything about the Fae at all. Right. Okay. You um, you know the name of, of the Fae. That you are, or the Archfey that you that you are indebted to, um, although you don't know their true name because those things have power over the Fey. So you know a name of this Fey that it told you, and you can make that up. That's that's up to you. Okay. Mm. Um, Victory is mine. How does this dwarven fighter know this human warlock? 
because you haven't met him when he was a simpleton. Are you are you local to the area? So uh, let's say um, the, the the human fighter is the, your first time off the farm. Yep. You're probably local. Yep, yep. I'm going to say you're probably from Forden yep. itself. Yep. You know, you come from a lot of local farms uh, up in the hills by Forden town. Yeah, um, stayed there the I think, of the time. Yeah, you've been to the Crossways Tavern a couple of times. I was Fucking say, legendary place. If I met him in the tavern and I was a simpleton before, it would make sense that perhaps my job in the taverns was just like the, the, the washer up, collecting um, pots and washing up and stuff. And that's there is a saying. Yeah, in Forden Town, which is that eventually everyone passes through the Crossways, ah, okay. and it's almost certainly literally true. Mm. Um, this is an amazing tavern. You've been there once, you want to go again, you generally find reasons that you've got to be elsewhere and things like that eventually. But this is the local, okay? To the extent that there aren't many other taverns in this place. It's huge. Mm. Um, so it's everything you think a cosy pub is, even if you have a different conception to what a nice cosy pub is from someone else who's also there, okay? They always know what your reg- what your regular is without you telling them. I'm, I'm not. It's not hyperbole. This, this is true. People have come to suspect that there is magic there, but no one cares, and that in itself is weird. But it's not weird because you're not allowed to think weird things and bad things about the the tavern. Okay. Um, so so uh, you will. So this is the bard will almost certainly have played there if you've been in this part of the world. Yeah. You will have gone through the crossways. That, I was just for for the meeting you though. I mean, if I was working there as like a dish boy, because that's all I was good for. It, one explains how I've met you two because you would both have been coming mm. in, and second of all, I can't remember what point I was going. But then, he, he would oh, have sorry, known also, you were, sorry, but then, yeah, but then he would have known you before. Not if it's he's only just coming to this place. You not if because weren't you from no, a no, different? The, so so um, where you're going to meet is actually a different town. It's Kerava. So Forden Town is where is near where he's from. So he's from a farm mm. near there in right. the hills. So maybe maybe a day, two days, three days, whatever. Maybe. Oh, you know, okay. Okay. Whatever. Never mind that. But I mean, you could have you could have passed through. You could have met the gnome years ago. Yeah, maybe I'm just the loner. Just I was only ever really been out one or two times. Maybe I only went to the pub to That's a good drop point, off right? some meat for the from the farm or something, hmm. um, and bumped into you there because you were the dishwasher. <clears> but the, this... um, you'll have been defending your farmstead for, for from. Um, Occasional raids from uh, these wild boar creatures that uh, you come to call the Corbiard. I have an ecology. <laughs> um, so, but, but, but I mean, uh, but you're going to be in this other town when you meet, so you might have met then, you might have met in. This oh, other right, place. okay, so we're, so, we're not, okay. so we're not meeting for the first time in this town, we're meeting. Yeah, so I mean, we so know each other, but we but we just so happen to be meeting in this town, type thing. Yeah, you know each other. You happen to be in this town called Kerava when the adventure starts. Right. If you got there together, yeah. that's fine. If you got there apart, that's fine. But and you're not. You might be meeting them there. You might be. You might have set it up. You might just chance happen to walk around the corner, and there you are. Oh. Um, so it's up to you, really. Okay. Yeah, yeah that makes sense. Because okay, because so... when we first start, you're going to tell me what it is you're doing in this town. Okay, well that makes sense in that you knew me before I became smart, then I became smart, and then you met me again. You met me at the the whatever place it is where you used to play and I used to work after I'd become mm. smart. Because I've become smart, I went, I go, oh, I don't want to clean dishes anymore, so bollocks to this, I'm, I'm going off and finding my fortune or whatever. So yeah. I, I, I leave with you two because you are always getting kicked out of places anyway. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and I want to get out. And you, and you want to get out as well, so. Okay. okay, that yeah. kind of works. All right. 
so we've got that sorted out. You want to make notes on that? That's that. That would be great. Um, Adam, your parents are both alive, right? Uh, you, no one gets away with being an orphan. Right? <laughs> no one. Um, do you have siblings? No. So only child. Yeah. When when you away, parents are still alive though. Right. That's fine. Okay. You have one sibling, brother or sister. Brother. Cool. Decide what he's like. Um, Adam. Yeah. You have four siblings. Wow. <laughs> Big family. Uh, Lots of inbreeding, hence the simpleton. <laughs> I'm say two brothers, two sisters. Older, younger. Are you the run? Are you the oldest? I'm the second old, second youngest. Second youngest. Cool. <laughs> I'm also going to give you something else here. And I want you to work it into your backstory uh, in, uh, in a way. Okay. All right then. Uh, Biddy. Yes. Roll me a D100. Okay. So, um, 2 and 90, so 92. 92. Uh, you have an ancient arrow. I'm going to say it's actually an ancient arrowhead. Okay. Flint. It's different in this. What's, what's yours? In 92, in this, is an ornate brooch of dwarven design. <laughs> Oh no, I've, I've read the wrong thing. I've read 90. <laughs> but fuck it, you're going to have this arrowhead because I like it. Okay. Um, uh, it is a flint arrowhead. In uh, fact, no, it is an obsidian arrowhead. Right, okay. And it is not napped. It is. Yeah. It looks like it was forged out of steel. So it doesn't have the, like, the little grooves and you know what I mean by flint napping? Yeah, yeah. yeah. It doesn't have those. Yeah. Yeah, it is absolutely smooth. Okie dokie. Adam, mm-hmm. roll me a D100. Twenty-six. Twenty-six. A bag containing forty-seven humanoid teeth, one of which is rotten. Oh, that's <laughs> yummy. And a, bit, and a bit disturbing. And you wonder why people chase you out of their towns. <laughs> okay. Maybe tooth fairy. Or if you hate oh. it. Or if you hate it, you can roll again. Please. Yeah. <laughs> that seems shy to me. Okay, ninety-six. That was really high. Excellent. You have Whoa. a black pirate flag adorned with a dragon skull and crossbones. Dragons in this world are entirely mythical. Mm-hmm. So you've got this this thing. Maybe it's like an old story that you learnt or whatever, and this is how you remember it. And like, or someone who taught you loads of stories. This is a thing they pulled out and said, "And here is the flag from whatever." So it's like a part of your act, maybe. Cool. All right. Roll it, some. Twenty-one. Twenty-one. A tiny gnome-crafted music box. <laughs> huh? That's how he knows me. He nicked my shit. <laughs> Oh, you gave it to him. You sold it to him. <laughs> yeah. That plays a song you dimly remember from your childhood. Yeah, that ties in. That's yeah, I love yeah, that. That's good. That couldn't have worked out better, I think. <laughs> awesome. What I would like, if possible, before the next session, yeah. if you can tell me what spells you've got. Right, yeah. All right. I'm going to go over that. I'm going to find you go and figure it all out. Yeah. yeah. What I'm going to do is um, I'm going to see about getting some ca- some counters like marked up with a one and a two and whatever to, so you can list your spells. So you... I know that you've spent your spell slots because mm. that seems to be a thing that's hard to track. I, if you've got things that give you weird abilities and stuff, do write it as fully as you need to on your character sheet or even on the back if you run out of space or yeah. if you, you, know, you don't want to too cluttered. So you don't have to keep on yeah, but quick, have yeah. it there. Something to say, when we take a short rest, I get this. Maybe. is a thing to, So on the back of your character sheet, go, short rest, I get these. Long yeah. rest, I get these. Mm-hmm. Okay? Um, so that you don't have to look through and go, well, this power, this button, but no, right, okay, I've taken a rest, this is what happens. 
Does any... Because those will change and get more complicated as your characters level up. That's good fun. First time I've ever done that, so yeah, yeah, I see mean, what you do. It, it's one of those things that as it's it's kind of it, you do it and it's a bit of a chore when you when you're actually doing it. And so every DM who's run more than a couple of games will end up going um rush through it. Yeah. You like, do this, you do that, you do the other. Yeah, or 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 we'll do just go make a character, bring it to the next game. But they have no idea what characters come in. Like you say, like, send it to me like by email. What, but what are you going to do? But we'll talk about it or whatever. But no, it's like, well, let's talk about the backstory of that character. Let's talk about how they know. And you need and you need to have gone through the racing class stuff and maybe the background stuff before that happens because they all feed into it. You know, it would suck to just come in and say, yeah, you're all a bunch of uh, orphans with no family who. who um, don't know each other. You're strangers in the tavern. Ah, everything's under attack. Everything's on fire. Ah, right. Okay. No, fuck it. Um, save these orphans, because I tell you, no. <laughs> you know, um, it, it needs to be personal. It needs to mean something to you. Uh, your homework is to complete your characters mm -hmm. and to think of a reason why you might be in this town. Not why you def definitely are, why yes. you might be in this border town which is a little bit shady, but not too much. Um, it's a little bit lively, but not too much. Um, has been fairly boring, but sometimes isn't. Dungeons and Dragons is owned by Wizards of the Coast. The song was Grind by John Paul Jones. The game world is an original creation by Paul Bennett and Robert Sanderson. Any questions, comments, feedback, please get in touch with us on swordnutradio at gmail.com. That's swordnutradio at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. Remember on like MSN Messenger where you could like nudge someone and make their whole screen? Yeah. Same like that online and you can do that. Uh, MSN Messenger. Yeah, that's gone the way to the dodo. They, they, they close <laughs> it down, didn't they? Yeah. So we were actually just discussing old technology and stuff before. Like, you know, how people walk around with supercomputers in the pockets now and stuff. Yeah. Well, they're just playing they don't have rocket packs. <laughs> yeah. got, all goes disregarded. I, I, I had a, a beam my bonnet about exactly that like a little while ago. Where <laughs> I got, just picture, picture you having a proper strop that you didn't have a rocket pack. <laughs> well, where's my flying car, damn it? Yeah. But um, it, it's, it's. I suddenly realised that in text speak, the, was it IDK meant I don't know? And I thought, hang on a second, right? They're, they're writing that when the thing that they are writing it on has access to the sum total of all human knowledge. Yeah, you were saying this. <laughs> It's like, there is no excuse. What they're actually writing is... I'm, I'm too, too lazy yeah, to look it up. I'm too fucking lazy or too fucking stupid and ignorant that I do not wish to know this thing. Yeah. <laughs> Just written yourself off as a human being in three letters. Hmm. i got to say, that said, pub arguments are not nearly as entertaining as they used to be. Because back in the day, you could have an hour-long conversation as to yeah. what year a particular celebrity now, it, now, it's, now it's five minutes of, no, you're wrong, you're wrong. I'll look it up on Google. Yeah, exactly, yeah. I think it's on how you sell it, though. I can convince a lot of people a lot of things just by having a good enough tone of voice that you don't think to question it. Alternatively, they go, just kind of look at your phone and go, oh, yeah, he did die in that, yeah, and then put your phone away and don't let anyone see it. They don't need to know you're lying, you know. I, th I, th I, think, I think a lot of people who talk to Paul are just like, oh, let's just let him have his little victory. Mm. <laughs> yeah. If I agree with you, will you shut up? Yeah. <laughs> you know, answer is no. <laughs> one of the most embarrassing things in which I got caught out on, and it was only for like a, a split second, but it was enough that I never hear the end of it, was my friend turned around to me and said, do you know how they make marmalade? And I didn't know how they made marmalade, so I don't know how they make marmalade. And they went, well, what they do is they get the bees, 
that you usually make honey with, but they just feed them exclusively on orange blossom. <laughs> and for that heartbeat of a second, I went, oh, oh, wait a minute. And it was, well, yeah, that was enough, and I'll never hear the end of it. Uh, yeah. yeah. Um, my my favourite thing is, um, is, is for Cheryl, uh, if she mentions someone or, whatever, you know, just like a, a celebrity or just whatever the, local, the, the news story happens to be, It'll either be a random fact about that person. Just, oh yeah, it's, it's, um, Tiddy Wins champion, 1978. Yeah, big in. No, people don't. Yeah, people don't know. Yeah. And she, and if I say it well enough, she'll buy it. Um, or just someone comes on the TV whose name is Bennett. So it's like the most common name ever. Let's go. That's that's cousin. Yeah. Because she knows that my auntie did a bit of genealogy. So all I have to do is just like establish enough stages between us. Yeah, but well, actually, like go, you have to go back three generations, and it's down back along a path, and you know. So like, but yeah, that yeah turns out actually is related, <laughs> and it all hinges on Lord Snowden because I am actually related to Lord Snowden, but so distantly it's unreal. Yeah, because it's the was you know the central question of genealogy is the reason people do it, and no one actually owns up to it. Is how many people do I have to kill to get a title? Yeah, <laughs> that's all it is. Like Americans do it because they all want to be royalty. You know, they all want to. They all want to be um, like the you yeah. know, Russian princess. They want to be like Romanovs or whatever. Well, it's like it's like me. Whenever whenever um, and people say, "How do you spell your surname?" I tell them, and they're like, "Oh, like Rick," and I'm just like, mm. "Yes." And I'm like, you related to him, and when you should see the faces when I actually, "Yes, I am." For God's sake, yeah. Like if if you can sell it, like you, like it's not. Oh, I, am actually, sake, I am actually related to. Him. It's distant, like you said, like you said with Lord Snowden. Yeah, like or, I got I got a mate. Um, who is uh, related to everyone who has his name? Yeah, because it's one of those like really yeah, rare ones kind of thing. One person changed their name pretty re- pretty recently, and therefore everyone who has that name is a unique name. Has to. Have yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I used to consistently get asked, "Do I know Enid Baxter?" As in, as in Baxter soups. <laughs> and I just got to the stage where I was just so bored of going, no, no Asian. I'd just wind them up. Yeah, yeah, we went up and saw her last year. She's got a lovely, you know, house in the countryside. Oh, riding horses with her and all this kind of stuff. Really? No, yeah, of course she's not. not she's full of shit. She goes to little new villages <laughs> yeah. and she beats up little old ladies and steals the recipes. <laughs> just talks shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah you, ever see, you ever seen that freaking guy from uh, the Harry Potter films, Obliviate? <clears throat> That's her. Yeah. <laughs> Alright, so we, we did get some feedback. Rick Astley. Sorry, I, sorry. I, for a split second there, I couldn't remember what your surname was. <laughs> so I just looked it up and went, "Oh, Rick Astley, right? Okay, yeah." There we go. Move on. See, yeah, that's great. Smiling. It gives me. It give, this gives me like we'll put this at the end, and it gives me the uh, excuse to put um, that put the song in the beginning. <laughs> You're gonna rip roll everybody. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fucking smarmy cousin Rick. <laughs> <laughs> Rick bastard never comes to visit. Never need any cash. Never fucking helps. Oh, have you heard the clacks thing? The, the, they've they've done that on the internet. They've done a recursive algorithm type thing you can put on your website that passes the name Terry Pratchett around the internet sort of in the background ah, of the internet nice. so um, if living you like on, on the, search the, engines the whole thing of living on in the clacks yeah mm. so uh, it, in search engines and things it'll be rather than just have a lot of mentions of his name static it'll be constantly being updated so it still appear to be you know this popular name on the internet cool do you know there is actually a game where it's possible to die in character creation you can make a character whose stats add up, and at the end you go, "Oh, he's dead." <laughs> <laughs> I forget which one that is, but yeah, if if, if any of the listeners probably know, call, tell probably me. Call Cthulhu. I don't think it is. I think it's like it. No one uh, expects to live very long in that game. I want to hear. I want to say Savage Worlds. Mm. Um, something like that. But yeah, it's like or, or or like Dungeon World. Maybe Dungeon World. Dungeon World is unremittingly hard. Mm. Um. But yeah, if anyone knows, write in and tell me. Sword Radio at gmail.com.
have a strange urge to watch Mark and Mindy. Hang on, this is England and we have one fucking teaspoon. Right, this stuff is a manner of the gods. It's um, it's an American company. You think Americans and tea? God no. Mm. But <laughs> they're just they're not afraid of flavour. Poison in that tea. <laughs> it, it did That's taste, the fact, yeah. It did taste a bit radioactive, yeah. And that's the Geiger counter going off. I'm, I'm committing massive fraud in all of your names. We haven't done the intro. Everyone stop flipping. Everyone stop flipping. We need to introduce ourselves. And I'll splice it into the start like we're not all tools. Well, the people listening at home, I'm looking up the trinket table in the Dungeon Master's Guide. Where's the trinket table? Looks like staffs, staffs, rods, wands. Sentient magic items, artifacts. They seem to have the the, the axe of Candy Crush. <laughs> uh, um, if you want to look it up at home, it's the axe of the Dorvish Lords on page two twenty one of the DMG. It's looking fancy toffee hat. That. Yeah. <laughs> Trinket tables. Come on. Right. Okay. If, if it's not in the DMG, if I imagine this, and it's actually in the player's handbook. Trinkets one six zero to one six one. Fuck's sake. Hi, welcome to Swordnet Radio. We'll meet. Hi, welcome to Swordnet Radio. That was rubbish. Why was that rubbish? <laughs> <laughs>